Hey guys, we are here for a special episode of Nerds and Iron. We're kind of dropping the whole fitness and nerdy stuff and going to talk about kind of a big historical event that California went through, particularly the people in paradise. We're going to be opening up a little bit of our own individual experiences of the campfire, but definitely focused around Andrew, cause, you know, being being the one from the area. He was close to the heart of the fire. <laughs> I was actually working in Paradise when yeah. it all happened. Yeah. So just to be clear with everyone, this is just a special episode. Next episode we'll go back to talking about fitness and everything yeah. else. Those of you that just want fitness and don't care about our personal lives, you know, just hit skip on this one and <laughs> wait for the next one to drop. We'll love you anyways. We got you. All right, just like that. Let's go. Well then, uh, I guess let's. I mean, it's been a year now. That's been kind of been taking over the news, news feeds. Whenever you turn on the TV, a lot of the campfire. Been reading a yeah. lot, a lot, a lot on that. I mean, we all kind of. It's been a year. Yeah, now, it's, you know? it's pretty crazy. It, it, it's man. odd that has been a year, and that within that year, the anniversary date was so drastically different in terms of weather and everything else. Um, yeah, so it's weird that it's been a year. I know. Um, I mean, I can. I guess we'll kind of just start off with, because I remember. I mean, people will talk about you know like nine eleven. Where were you that day? Well, yeah. I mean, kind of. I guess we just Miguel, you kick it off. Kind of how what what was your day like that day? Like, um, I'll make it try and make it short and sweet. So I, I was truck driving at the time. I went to bed at probably I don't know three four in the morning, and uh, my sleeping schedule was kind of fucked. So I get up at seven a.m. I'm like, oh god, it's gonna rain, bro. I plan on running today. <laughs> So um, I, I was like, I was just lazy. I went back to bed and um, I woke up at like 11 and the sky was just way darker. I'm like, did I just sleep 24 hours? Like, it was insane, you know, and I look out and I, your brother, Noel, uh, Gabriel, he he said, no, dude, he goes, Paradise, is, it, it's burning. Like, there's a big fire in Paradise right now. I'm like, are you serious? So we go on to Facebook, of course, it's just drowning that there's this, pol- it was Polga at the time. Nothing was burning in Paradise yet. At 11? Yeah, somewhere. Or, or, or no, the, sorry. This was, no, seven when I first woke up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's it, more Polga. Yeah, it was just more Polga than anything. In 11, he said, uh, Paradise is burning down. I was like, like, like the fields or, but no, dude, like when I, when I uh, was scrolling through, the hospital had been on fire. The McDonald's was on fire. Like every major building you hear about in Paradise was on fire. So, yeah. yeah, it was insane, man. Like, I just woke up, thought it was going to rain. Like, I thought it was just rainy clouds, man. Like That's the kind of, I mean, it reminds me of the, um, <clears throat> what is it? You know, when you, after you pull the sword out in Zelda and the Goron Mountains got that eerie yeah. look to it. That's the kind of eerie feeling I had. I remember for me that day, I had a, anatomy. I was at Chico State still. I mean, it's only a year ago, but I was taking anatomy. So as soon as you get out, you see, I mean, the camp, the campus was lit. I remember I came outside and it felt cold. So it was like eerie feeling. Yeah. While we were in there, the Dr. Arnett had talked about, you know, there's a fire going on. And on the way, I had shown up. When did it hit me? Actually, I was at the wreck that morning. I was showing up every day at 6 a.m. because I'm freaking weird. (laughs) You know, know, so I show up right when they open, get my workout. And after the workout, on my way to Anatomy's where I first noticed, I was like, whoa. That's weird, you know. I was like, okay, maybe it's just a. I mean, it's just it's just a. You know, it's a fire, but but I remember the sun being blocked out. That was as the eerie part. So got into an anatomy. That's when things started getting a little more serious. Uh, a few rows down, I heard a girl whose husband is a firefighter. So we were getting <coughs> updates about. She goes, they're sending bulldozers up there and stuff. I'm like, whoa, this is getting serious quick. And by the time I that I got out of that class, 
temperature dropped substantially. And that's what I was talking about, that eerie feeling. The campus was lit up like it was nighttime. They had all the lights up, so it wasn't dark, but it was like a very heavy cloudy. Is That ash started falling a little bit. And I remember I met up with Thomas at the library, and we were like talking, like, dude, this is like weird. Like, it's so weird. Like, when we were walking there, the campus was quiet. Nobody was really talking. So it was a super eerie feeling. And I swear, Chico State, they're so bad about sending people like home or closing the campus. Yeah. I was thinking like, seriously, like someone on like on campus gonna need to be on fire for them to finally consider the fire a threat. <laughs> so, I mean, every, all the classes were going, you know, kind of just going through them. I remember Dr. Henderson had said, hey guys, like just gonna kind of just hang out. It's supposed to be like a lift day, you know, but he's like, just, just chill. He goes, he goes, it's kind of horrific what's going on. So. Nobody's really in the mood to even work out. That was my strength conditioning class. Everyone was just kind of hanging out and talking, getting updates on their loved ones and everything, which is pretty awesome that he did that. Then I had my testing and prescription class. No, I'm pathophysiology class. And she was just, she's, you know, the, the topic we actually covered that day, we started was depression. And I'm like, that's no. great. You know? <laughs> that's a good <laughs> that's ironically great great to kick off the day. <laughs> yeah, really. So uh, we covered that and she... Then finally, I, I, we get a buzz on our phones. We start hearing phones going off in class. And I look at it and it says, you know, due to the fire, we will now be, evac you know, the class will be dismissed yeah, for us today. Everything's been shut down now. Yeah, everything's right. shut down. But, like, the fire is so big by now. Traffic is insane in Chico. And, um, now, and very quickly, what time was that that Chico was, State finally decided to do that? 2.30 p.m. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. So that's been right. going for hours. Yeah, because at around two p.m., me and your brother got the evacuation notice because it was hitting Skyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I swear, Chico State waited forever. So, so I mean, I mean, I'm sitting there like, really, classes are still going, but so finally, it's they finally get to go. Home. The amount of traffic I had to go through to get to Orland was insane. I ended up going out through. I so I usually get on. Nord and just cut you just go through mm -hmm. but tr back up you know traffic was so backed up i ended up going out like uh where my dad worked at three almond orchards and went out like through river Road. it just went out completely out of the way and i was like, it was a straight shot until i got on 32 then traffic is backed up all the way into orland <sighs> yes i mean it's, Dang, it's very slow so it was crazy but uh it kind of blows my mind that she goes to she goes state waited so long to you know like release us but um yeah so um hint hint there chico State. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. i mean that the, the experience i went through was uh craziness but probably nowhere near the crazy that you went through right yeah I mean, okay I mean, what was that day like for you yeah man so, you're, you're a megalia boy we got to hear this so th this is the weird part for me and one of my co-workers at beyond fitness at the time i forget exactly what reason it was but she asked me if i could cover her opening shift at the uh, pencil location and that was one of those times where I was going through one of those down moments where getting up at 4 o'clock to open a gym by 4.15 was really hurting, like physically hurting, pounding headache. <laughs> and it was supposed to be my day off and my late start day, and she asked me if I could cover. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but it was like, you know what, I could use the extra money, so yeah, why not? Just FYI, I was not even supposed to be awake when I was. So I open the gym, go through my whole normal painful routine of yeah. being up that early trying and <laughs> trying not to pass out behind the desk, try to be somewhat pleasant at 5 yeah. o'clock when people are going in to do CrossFit. <laughs> They're way too happy when they do that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So it was around 6.45-ish or so when one of my coworkers, who is a, a retired Marine, 
came in from paying a visit to the Skyway location and said, there's a fire. Joyce, because it, it was already windy. I, like, yeah. I almost got knocked over when I got to uh, Beyond Fitness. I had to open the doors. So we walk outside and we see this giant plume of smoke. And we're like, well, shit. What kind of dumb shit started a fire in this kind of weather? Yeah. So we started kind of joking about it. Go back in and about five, ten minutes later, we come back out and it got bigger. It was like, oh, damn, where's this, like all the fire relief? He goes down the Skyway to check some stuff out. I'm sitting behind the desk. That's when my phone starts blowing up with my director talking about how there's a fire in Polgun, giving all these updates and how crazy it's getting. And so I'm kind of bouncing back and forth, walking outside, going inside, outside, inside. And as I'm doing it, I'm noticing that it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. Um, my coworker comes back and points out that there's now two plumes of smoke, and one of them is black. So he's like, that son of a bitch just hit a building. What? Around what time was this? I remember one detail I got was I texted you around 8 a.m., yeah. 8.30. I was like, dude, I happen to have the truck, and I, I'm hearing there's evacuations going. Like, I would, I mean, I'll go up there and get you right now, but I, I, had, <laughs> I, I would have no idea what I was going to run so, into. So dude. this is the big thing. Yeah. Keep in mind, we st- saw it right like almost to 7 o'clock. When it was 7, 7.10 is when two plumes of smoke that, at least in my recollection were showing so it was in a matter of like 15 minutes it went from this single thing to this there's two of them and they're getting bigger and now it's starting to cross over the sky at what point were you thinking oh shit well when i saw the other plume of smoke and counted that it wasn't that long yeah and now it's i i can tell it's on the other side of paradise and leaves with the smoke there was another member who was hanging out in his car and he actually has a snapchat open he was making a story about how there's this fire and so this entire time my director is going back and forth over it's hitting here, it's in Polga, now it's in Konkow, now it's aimed right at Paradise. And she was, this was a whole uh, group chat that she made with the owner, the general managers, and somehow I got into it. And she asked, like, Do, we need to close Pence or we need to close the gyms and evacuate. Is everyone okay with that? And my first response was, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, if nothing else, let's co- close Pence because I watched this thing go from this tiny thing to this big smoke cloud in way too short yeah, of a time. Because you're yeah. thinking this this <clears throat> thing's on its way, right? I'm thinking it's on its way. It may hit paradise, and I'm getting a few flashbacks to 2008 with the Humboldt fire and the yeah, fire complex, yeah. where it was just like, yeah, I would really like to not be stuck at work. Well, unfortunately, it turns out that all the people she was messaging were still asleep. Oh, shit. And many of them lived in Chico. But wow. eventually I told her, like, yeah, let's fucking close this place down. She gave me the authorization because uh, she was just now getting evacuation notices from the outskirts of Paradise in that area. So I'm like, awesome. I ran throughout the whole gym. I told everyone that I could... We're evacuating, got a hold of one of the members that's a normal or a regular and told him, help me out, find anyone that you see in the gym, tell him we're evacuating, Wait, get what, out. Wasn't, didn't you tell me that somebody like, what, was the, the, well, the, the, So here's where the f- interesting parts come from. Yeah. That member I told, uh, was like, really, you're evacuating? It's over, you know, it's often pole This dude's like, why? And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> wow. I got told to evacuate. I need <laughs> you to help me evacuate everyone. He goes, ah. Well, I hope they let me work out at Skyway. He's like, mm. are you fucking kidding me? Bro. <laughs> so he, thankfully he d- did help me uh, evacuate everyone while I'm up front making sure the doors are locked and people don't sneak in. Yeah. Well, everyone leaves. 
I run back and I see that there's two people left and they're in the locker room. So I tell them, like, we're evacuating. I need you to get out. And they say, uh, one of them is, I'm getting dressed right now. And she was in the women's locker room. So I was like, I'm not going to go back there. The guy was taking a shower. I told him, like, we're evacuating. I need you to get out. And he goes, give me five minutes to. Well, 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 think about it. He's butt naked and he's wet. He's like, give me five minutes to. Dry off and I'm just wondering after you said evacuation, if he like went, like, oh, I'm gonna start to shower now. Like, let's go back and. I doubt it because it actually was about five minutes for yeah. him to leave. So I run through the gym, I turn all the lights off because my thought was if it's one of those things where it kind of hits the gym, but it's not going to be this big fire that flattens everything, yeah. that probably don't need uh, as much electricity running through the building. Yeah. You know, moot point now looking back at it, but at yeah. the time I thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Um, so I'm back at the front desk waiting for the members to get out and to get the final authorization to leave the gym because my director was going to stop by to help make sure everything was closed and secured. Then I had a member try to get in. Oh, my God. <laughs> my God. And I opened the door for him, and he said, why are you closed? I'm like, because the fire. And I pointed right at the plume of smoke, and he goes, but it's over there. It's in Polga. Oh, my God, dude. Like, we are evacuating, but it's over there. It's like... Yes, but the, you see how the smoke is above our head right now? That was not a case five minutes ago. That's insane. So I argued with him a little bit because he, he wanted to go and sit in the hot tub. I don't know what happened to him after the fire or anything, but I remember having to debate with him of, I suggest you go home and get out. Yeah. yeah. So he eventually left. The other members left. At this point, I was running around the gym making sure that there was no spot fires because I started seeing stuff fall from the sky. That's crazy. So you're saying embers were coming down from the sky? No, not embers, but just shit. It's <laughs> just like hot ash and rubble. Well, and so I walk outside and take a look, and I see this cloud is huge. It's glowing. It's like, oh, this is not good. It's Goron. And then I almost got hit in what is like uh, Mordor from Lord of the Rings in terms yeah. of like it. All it needed was some like red lightning. Yeah. Jesus, but man. I'm looking up, and then I almost got hit in the head by this falling uh, debris. I looked at it, and it turned out to be bark from like an oak tree or something. Well, because they were exploding, right? Were, I, I think some know. of them were explo- exploding. For me, I looked at it, and it was, like, it was partially charcoal still bark, so it was like not even fully burned. And it was about maybe the size of a softball, only yeah. in the side. No, shape I, I of forget bark. what it was, but I know that some certain trees were like building up gases or something and literally yeah, exploded. Yeah, because they, got, they uh, heated up way too quickly. nuts. Yeah. So oh, yeah. when well, I looked at it going, oh, this is really not fucking good when yeah. something that big in a fire normally would be burnt and then maybe float up a little bit so it'd be smaller, but this thing was so big. That's an Armageddon that it was, shit. Yeah, it was burning so hot so fast that it didn't finish and then it landed next to me. Jesus. I actually do wish I had grabbed that thing and just held on to it, but yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Told my director, don't even bother coming up here. I'm closing just, just it. Go. Get out. Because at that point, she was telling me that her property had caught fire. And she had, she almost lost her dogs because she got there and they're in the back and they can't leave the yeah, back. Up. And that caught fire. Yeah. So um, she, like I told her, just get out. Leave. I told the other, the child care director that was with me at the time that everything's closed. I'm going to make one last run through, make sure no one can sneak in because... For those who don't know, gym members are very odd people, oh, yeah. especially yeah. when they start getting older and they get stuck in their ways that oh, yeah, yeah. you very cannot stubborn. stop them from doing what they want to do. Yeah. So they left. I made sure everything was off. There was no spot fires. Then I got to my car and went home. 
so apparently 15 minutes later is when the gym caught fire. Dude. But I, I started heading up the hill, and I almost freaked out for a moment that I know there's a smoke behind me. I am crossing the dam going up to Megali, and I see another cloud of smoke ahead of me. On average, how long does it take for you to get from the gym to your house on normal, a normal circumstance, and how much longer did it take you this time? Was so, there a difference? It, no, no difference yet. Okay, no so one was getting evacuated. No one really knew anything yet. So, so the crazy panic hadn't happened yet. No, not yet. Okay. So this is still like maybe seven thirty or eight in the morning, then, right? This is about seven forty-five ish or so. Okay. So I'm so yeah. Keep in mind, like all this stuff I'm telling you is with less than thirty minute window. Jeez. So I decide. I look at my tank and realize I have a little more than a quarter of a tank of right. gas. Oof. So I was going to go stop and get gas. Well. Nope, not going to do that. The line was ridiculous to yeah, get but, gas, and I mm-hmm. realize I'm spending more gas waiting here, yeah. and I may not be able to get home if this gets worse. So I left, went home, started grabbing the cats, trying to you know pack up for evacuation. Tank. Yep, grab the snake. <laughs> but So I'm also messaging my mom at this point, and this is also kind of where I started messaging you. Yeah. And I told her, she asked if I was heading to Chico. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm getting the cats. Like... Personally, for me, if the house did burn down and my snake, my cats were there, I would probably have been extremely depressed and upset about yeah, all of that. Yeah, for sure. So I got there. Uh, she freaked out and decided that she's going to come up from Orville. So that's also when some of my coworkers were messaging me there in Chico, like, you need to get out of here. And like, I was told from my parents to stay until at least one of them got here to help out so that they did not lose me. Yeah. Yeah. So on my mom's side, she hauled ass from Oroville and she was actually the last car allowed into Megalia. Oh damn. So she actually drove through the fire on the Clark side. Uh, she, I think she may have had some videos that she took, but there was fire on the road, buildings on fire as she's going up. And that's where she felt she was in hell. Yeah. Embers and everything. Embers. And, embers, and yeah, she was the last one into Megalia. So meanwhile, I'm sitting here, Trying to stay calm because, you know, cats can pick up when you're freaking out. And it doesn't help to put them into a cage if you're freaking out and they run from you. Yeah. Yeah. So I got one of them in and then I was freaking out. I couldn't find the other one. It was um, Yeah, Magic, the black cat. Yeah. (laughs) It makes it really hard to find her when she decides to hide in shadowy areas and close her eyes because you can't see shit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, eventually I found her and ended up chasing her around the house and trying to grab her before I gave up because I also, like, tackled her at one point held her down she pissed all over the floor <laughs> but got her into the cage and then the other one bolted so i'm sitting here like the snake is easy you just pick him up put him into his He's carrier like, so. <laughs> so after a while i'm like you know what i know where mystique is she's easy to find i'll figure it out because i can't get her into the cage because once i try getting her into the cage with magic they start hissing and mystique bolts again it's like there's other shit i need to get done grabbed as much of the paperwork that my parents needed as possible that I knew how to get to. And then went around the house. My parents were messaging me about, you need to pack whatever you can't live without or whatever you need to pack, you pack. So I looked at the house and at my room where all my you know shit is. And I remember looking at it going, I have all these like cards, like Yu-Gi-Oh cards, magic cards, all these things I've collected over the years that I've always been attached to. Uh, old Lego sets that were like the big things when I got them for yeah. birthday presents and I looked at them and was like I can't take any of this oh, looked at the clothes and like I can't even really take the clothes because there's so many fucking clothes Yeah. so for me I grabbed 
my grandfather's definitive collection of Beethoven's piano music. Because at this point, my grandfather already passed away and it was still fresh because he passed in February, if I remember correctly. And this is now November, same year. So grab that because they're all LP um, records. Then, sorry, Beyond Fitness. Uh, I grabbed this Fignomometer that I took from them, which is, for those who don't know, it's a blood cr- pressure cuff. It's the actual oh. thing that measures the blood pressure. <laughs> but now this is why I took it. It was mercurial-based. I found it at Beyond Fitness and thought, like, if, if they knew of it, they'd probably sell it or they'd do something with it. And actually, this is really cool. Right. They don't make these Miguel, anymore. Who, would you call that looting? So this was way before the fire. Okay, okay, okay. No one knew of it. Okay. It was a forgotten piece of equipment. Like, you know what? Mine. Yeah, <laughs> collection item. Yeah, but I grab that thing and like, if this house catches fire, one of the last things we need is to have that thing break and have all the mercury get into the soil more than there apparently would have been because of uh, other household appliances. I was told about that ha- actually have mercury. Yeah, I yeah. was surprised by how much mercury is still used. Jeez. Oh yeah, dude, it's used insanely a lot. But, yeah, yeah. So I grabbed all that shit and then I grabbed like my class ring and a few other. Is your mom still rushing stuff. to the house? She's point? still rushing at this point. So I'm still alone. There's actually a point where I got everything packed up, sat down, sat and it down. was, now what? Holy crap. There's dude. nothing for me. Uh, there's no way in hell that I, like, I'm trying to wait to get the cats into their last cage yeah. as much as possible because Magic's freaking out. She's howling and getting really stressed, and Mystique is bouncing all over the house. So I think the last thing I did was I grabbed some knives and uh, a plastic container that I could latch, and I stabbed a bunch of holes in it so that when I had to I could grab Mystique and shove her into that finally my mom shows up she says like Paris is on fire they just closed the dam we we can't go through Paradise we have to go up through Meadows so keep in mind my car is a Honda Civic her car was also a Civic (laughs) newer one (laughs) hers was a hatchback mine is a 2007 LX sedan we don't have that much room to pack shit into so we spend the next maybe five, ten minutes running all over the place, just grabbing everything we can, shoving it all into the cars, uh, finally get magic put into the car. Not happy about it. Yeah. I put Mystique in the car in her little plastic container, and as I'm still running back and forth trying to grab stuff that I can grab and put in th- into the cars, I look and the cat fucking got out of her box. It's quite the... Funny feeling you get when you look at your car and there's a cat staring at you and the window's down. <laughs> oh, jeez. So it's like immediately grab her, close the window, shove her back in, put all these books on top so she can't get out. Yeah. So fast forward, because after a while it's just us packing the shit up. I was looking at our street, seeing like, okay, it's still open. We still got a chance to get ahead of the crowd. Yeah. My mom is running around doing the last little bit of grabbing stuff and it's like, you don't need this shit. Yeah. I don't need this shit. The last thing I think I grabbed and threw in the car was, like, shampoo. <laughs> so I remember yelling at her, like, we have to go now. Because from five minutes of me looking at there's nothing on the street till that point, it was backed up traffic. In five minutes, Everyone got, tried wow. to get out at the same exact damn yeah. time. They must have just clo- So she just said they just closed it. So now all traffic's heading that way. Yep. Wow. So we get into the cars and start leaving. My mom... Uh, told me that whatever happens, do not get separated. So I'm like, okay. Like, I, I'm just trying to stay as calm as possible. Do you remember, do you remember still having cell service? To, I remember I, I tried calling you, dude, and you, like, it, went, it was we, busy. We had a little bit. 
Yeah. It was like for me very hard to get anything out or receive anything. Uh, my mom was still on the phone with my dad. He actually helped keep her calm. Gotcha. She has a thing against fire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, she got kind of scarred when she was younger. So anyways, we were in the in this gridlock for too long. We finally get up to the intersection with my road, which is South Park, and the main road, Skyway. And I remember looking off to the side and seeing all the smoke heading towards us. And it's not, like, just kind of floating. It's actually, like, moving. Yeah. That was, when I looked over that way, that was the whole big moment for me of... But when I come back, my house may be gone. Yeah. Like, my whole neighborhood That's may where be I gone. Hit. Like, everything I left there could be gone. Yeah. So, I'm like, okay. Come to peace with it. I got what I needed. I did what I could. Nothing else that I can do. I need to get out of here. That's also when the cat, Mystique, who doesn't shut up, suddenly went quiet. So, I was like, another moment of, oh, crap. Yeah. Look at her. She's in her little plastic container and she's overheating because she got stuck in the sun, and it's plastic, and mm-hmm. I, the holes weren't enough to keep ventilation. Yeah. So it was like getting all humid and everything, so I lit her out. Yeah. Well, it turns out there was no cops. There was no one controlling the intersection, and there were a whole lot of people that were trying to go down through Paradise because their family's down there, yeah. and they did not understand that it's closed. Yeah. You can't go down. They made it so they blocked it off everything. There's no route, no route you can take to but get to At this point, it's chaos, huh? It is pretty, de- yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. So finally, someone takes over and starts directing everyone, opens up the dead zone, uh, you know, where you typically pull into to then turn left if yeah. you're on the right side, and then vice versa. So they opened it up and told everyone, like, make it double lane traffic. Just one go. way, one way. And then they had, of course, some idiots parked there because they were trying to go down or something, and they all yelled at them of, get out of the way. Like, we need to go up. You can't go down. So that was beyond ridiculous. And it took another two or so hours, I'm blanking on the exact time, just to get up to Butte Meadows. How long should that take? Not that long. Yeah. Probably about five, ten minutes, right? No, uh, probably more around 15, 30 minutes, I think, depending on how you're driving and... The car. So if you have a lead foot, maybe 10 minutes. (laughs) Because Butte Meadow, you have to go through uh, Sterling City, then Inskip, which get progressively smaller in terms of population size. Because you're going up and up and up. You're getting further into the woods and up the mountain. And then you get up to this intersection where Bambi Inn is on the highway. And then you can drive down into Chico. Luckily, they've actually... A few years ago, finished the road construction there because the road was terrible before. Uh-huh. So they actually made it so it's drivable. But we're heading up, and the, the entire time my cat's freaking out. She starts panting. She's running all over the car. There's stop and go traffic, so there's times where you're going, and then I had to suddenly stop, and she goes flying through the car. <laughs> and then I realized, holy shit, she just stepped on the window she trigger thing. She down. rolled the oh, window no. down, so I like, oh, grabbed no. her by the tail, pulled her, and like pinned her into my lap <laughs> then like pull, uh, rolled the window up then put the child lock on it because like go. the last thing I need is be moving maybe five miles an hour have the cat freak out and jump out yeah yeah. because if she did survive the fire she'd be eaten by a bobcat for sure or something else yeah so I was like you little fucking pill shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now keep in mind I'm all on maybe a quarter of a tank of gas yeah Still. so I'm sitting here going like Kind of in my car, slowly stressing out a little bit of, can I make it all the way up to Butte Meadows? Because there's no gas station in Butte Meadows. 
so eventually we finally get up there and at this point I have to really pee. Oh. <laughs> like we're talking at least two minutes of just standing and peeing because yeah. I was drinking water. I was trying to stay calm, all this other stuff. But I had this cat bouncing around and it's like, I don't think I can get out of the car without the cat getting out. Yeah. So I told my mom, go into Bambi and go pee and let's get the fuck out of here so I can go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that, started driving down and we're like making actually good time on the highways. I'm like, awesome. Traffic's finally moving. It's moving. And then it stopped yeah. oh, shit. because they got to the point, I think it's Bruce is where the highway connects with Chico and then yeah. you can go in. So, Bruce Road. Right here. Yeah. 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 so we hit the gridlock where the signal lights are stopping everything to me the back of my mind later on is like that was so fucking stupid that the signal I kept going yeah. yellow green everything and they didn't just let people keep filtering in yeah. it may have had a good reason I don't know but there's at one point I remember we're heading down we're underneath the smoke cloud at this point and I think it's around 3 o'clock in the afternoon now is that how much time it's it, it took that long for us to get up into Butte Meadows and then back, start heading down Man. so we're at the point in the road where I can actually look out and I can see Chico on one side and I can see the valley and everything and the other side is still the mountains. We're under the cloud and it is black. Yeah, black. Damn. Like I said, it looked like Lord of the Rings whenever they show Mordor and you have like all the happy Gondor white city and then you look off into this distance and it's all dark and hellish looking yeah. and it's Mordor. It kind of was like that, only it was on my left side and then my right side was all happy and bright. So it, I also remember seeing a bunch of planes and uh, helicopters flying all over the place and that was the big like yeah i don't know if we're gonna make it out of this uh, yeah. with uh, paradise surviving anything yeah. so eventually we finally get down into chico and we stop by saint augustine's church which is my old childhood church and they said that we can stay there for the night that was the evacuation center right for us oh uh, yeah so it was before all of that, but we got down there and the first thing i did is i went to the bathroom and stood there for about five minutes just yeah. pissing <laughs> one of the few things that feel better than orgasm is when you have to piss and you're able to finally just stand there and piss is it one of those pisses where you can like literally watch your bladder shrink oh yeah I was like looking down and watching my stomach kind of go backwards just because my bladder was so full damn dude so I felt great and I was like okay I feel so much better because yeah. like in the middle of all this shittiness you have to appreciate the little minor stupid good things that you yeah. can feel yeah. so minor pleasures we eventually meet up with my dad. We get everything put, as much as the stuff that we need to, like the cats, we got them from the uh, cars, put into the church, put them into the bathroom. Unfortunately, the bathroom had one of those loud fans that went on when the light went on, so when we did that, it freaked the shit out of magic. Uh. But we got them in, got Hank settled, and like, okay, let's get some food. And of course, not hungry, very thirsty though. I, I don't think people <laughs> are, some... uh, you, you talk about Hank... Uh, I don't know if people realize this, what Hank is exactly. Oh, he's a four foot two ball python. There we go. Just, just throwing that out there. So he, he's a tropical snake, <laughs> which one of the stresses I had trying to get up to Butte Meadows was he needs it hot. Yeah. The cats needed it cold because they were yeah. freaking out. It's a great contrast. Yeah. So, right. and he was also, the only place I could put him was right underneath the uh, fan. Yeah. So the other thing I was worried about with Mystique bouncing around my car is having her land and squish him. So when we got to Butte Meadows, the other thing was I rolled down the window just enough and held Mystique in my lap for my mom to grab Hank and put her put him in her car so that didn't yeah. have a contrast. So so how you guys I know you guys ended up leaving that place, right? Yep. So I guess last little funny thing about that is we walked into where we were staying. My mom found Hank stretched out across the table, so somehow he unzipped his zipper and got out. 
Like, oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, <damn>. You escaped. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so we're like, oh, shit. Snake escaped into church. Let's uh, <laughs> pack it back up. Shit. But at this point, it's, I think, maybe around 6 o'clock at night. And this is where my parents are getting work because my dad works at the sheriff's office. So he was getting updated information from his coworkers of what the fire is doing. And that was the point, I believe, where it was going towards Oroville. So I was messaging our friend uh, Joe Mewborn about... Hey, are you are you okay now? Because yeah. I hear it's going towards Orville. It's like, yeah, no, we're fine. Then it, okay, now the update is it's coming towards Chico now. Orville and Chico is doing that whole back and forth. Yeah, thing. I remember that. Yeah. Then it finally got to the point where it was about to enter Chico, and my parents and I were all sitting here going, "What do we do?" Yeah, I remember my brother. I think he evacuated that yep. night. Yeah, we sure, yes. yeah we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah everyone in, yeah. we're in uh, Oak Meadows, as I remember, had to evacuate because we're pretty close. Yeah. So my parents and I sat down and it was, "What do we do?" Do we stay and wait it out, or do we leave again? Try to beat the crowd. Try to beat the crowd. And that's where I point out to them that if we stay, and worst case scenario happens, this fire hits Chico, we're not going to get out. Yeah. If we thought Paradise and Megalia were bad with panicking and trying to evacuate, yeah. Chico's going to be ten times worse because the population's already overcrowded because yeah. Paradise is leaving. I mean, traffic was bad at 2 p.m. when I got out of clock, 2, 3, between 2 and 3, it was horrific. I've never mm-hmm. seen like, I can't imagine what it would have been like later. So that's where we're like, yep, let's get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> so while they were finalizing where do we go, they let me sleep because by this point I was at, I was up at 4, it's 6. I was on the road this entire time, driving around, stressed. Mentally draining. It was yeah, extremely yeah. mentally draining. And it, then when I'm with my parents, I'm trying to be one of the calm voices or calm a calming source for them yeah because my mom can get very uh, stressed yeah and my dad can get busy trying to keep her calm so i was trying yeah. to be another calming source again very exhausting yeah the other thing is my car still is almost dead out of gas oh, shit <laughs> so we have the tahoe with us we have the civic so we decided we have to pack everything up out of my car and try to shove it into my dad's tahoe and leave my car in chico so we pack up and we start leaving and we decide uh, Glen County is opening up a shelter. Oh. So we're going to go to the fairgrounds and drive there. My dad is even more exhausted than I was because he was at the sheriff's office having to make sure the signals are getting out. So for everyone who was wondering why they didn't get an evacuation notice or why it was so slow, first off, you have to consider how fast that fire was moving. I believe, what was it, like five football fields in ridiculous. a few seconds? Yeah. Yeah. So that's ridiculous speed for a fire. Now consider that the network from Orville, where all the information will get put into and then they set it up to Paradise, the communication lines were in the valley where the fire happened. So yeah. all those network cables, everything, they were in there. Yeah. They burned. Yeah. So if you were listening to the radio, you would have gotten the evacuation notice because that was the only source that was working. Yeah. Everything else, phone lines, everything, they were dead because the communication line got burned up. Yeah. So my dad was saying this is one of the few times that, or examples where old technology would have saved a whole lot of time, a whole lot of people, and a whole lot of shit in general. Yeah. yeah. Just because you don't need the telephone wires. But that, that's one reason why the evacuation notices were so slow. Yeah. Okay, now back to where we were. We drive out. I'm driving my dad into Orland. How's traffic at this point? It was pretty bad. Not it, not god-awful, but it was. we made the right choice of trying to get out now. We were one of the first ones to the shelter. And I'll keep in mind, now it's getting cold at night. 
So I told my parents they can stay in the shelter. Well, not only that, it was really cold because of the smoke. I mean, I don't think yeah. people realize yeah. how much the temperature dropped. It dropped oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah, and there was a lot of uh, articles too saying that the fire was just so strong and smoky that like it created its own weather system. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that was one of the harder parts for them to try and fight it. So I told my parents they can stay in the shelter. I'll stay in the car with the pets. Keep in mind, Magic is now pissed all over herself. So yeah, the cat ammonia smell, which burns your nostrils slowly. But also, I have a tropical snake. Yeah. Snakes in the area that are native, like corn snakes and king snakes, they are able to handle the cold. They're native here. Hank is a tropical snake. He belongs in the equator. So it's like, yep, okay, shove the snake down my shirt and keep him warm and sleep with him overnight so I can keep him warm with my body heat. I didn't sleep too well. Apparently, the heating system in the shelter went out, so my parents didn't sleep too well. Anytime they opened the door, there was a draft of cold air that would go up underneath the cots and yeah, freeze I mean, you. I mean, I don't people. I mean, it's some. I still don't know how was it like. Like, could, I can't imagine trying to sleep sleep there. I mean, how how was it? Can you describe that? I don't. I can't describe in the shelter for yeah. them because I was in the car. But I remember I'm in the car thinking, "Holy crap! I'm a refugee now. Yeah. Like, go home. I don't have a home to yeah. go to." So I was really sitting in that, for me at that point, that everything that I have is probably gone now. That, is that when I started thinking you had time to think for... Like, I had yeah. time to think that the only things I have, all my possessions, are in these two cars. Wow. Damn. And the other thing is I don't have any changes of clothes because I couldn't pack them. So I just had my sweats, shoes, and my personal training shirt that I was wearing for work. And it was like, oh, crap, never thought this would ever happen. But I can think about that later. I need to go to sleep. So then the next morning is when I messaged you, like, yeah, yeah. we're in yeah, I had no idea. fairgrounds. I mean, yeah, I, last time I had heard from you, you staying at the at the church in mm-hmm. Chico. So I didn't even know. I, that's what I woke up to. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even know you went to the fairgrounds in Orland. Yeah, we were there for a little bit, and I got a little bit of food, and I wasn't hungry. Again, I, I wasn't hungry. I was thirsty. Yeah. So anytime <laughs> you gave me a beer, I was like, yep, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but... That's where I messaged you, Noel, that we're in Orland, and you said, uh, give me, like, what, five minutes? Okay, five minutes. I, I, I was in the middle out. of changing. I was, yeah, I was just, you timed it perfect. I was kind of, yeah, I was, I was, oh, yeah, I just threw something on and went. Yeah. I just gave you a key. Yep, so you came out, uh, we talked for a little bit, introduced you to my parents, and you're like, yeah, you guys can come on over to my uh, place and uh, uh, yeah. kind of freshen up, shower. Make it home for cats. now, yeah, just be there. Yeah. So... Eventually, my parents decided yes, because they did not know what to do. They didn't want to be impose anything, and it was... Shelters pack up with a lot of people very quickly. Yeah. And then the other thing is, not everyone has the same standard of... Uh, hygiene? Hygiene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not trying to sound snotty or anything like that, but you get some people where I think they don't even know what a bath is. Yeah, yeah. And some of them, I, as my mom described, had yeast infections. So oh, that God. place went from being <laughs> decent to... Very bad, very quickly, yeah. to where, as happened later, all these uh, sicknesses, diseases, colds and shit started running rampant through there. So it was like, mm-hmm. we could stay here and be at risk of this, or we can go somewhere nicer and try to collect ourselves and figure out where to go. So that's when we went over. You guys let us uh, shower, and then we washed the cats. Yeah. And Magic was not happy about that, but she was appreciative <laughs> yeah, of it later. This is, this is when the when the fort when the the Titans Atari and Zora clashed with uh, <laughs> with Magic, <laughs> and it's barely even like clashing because they were like, they "These were... are our this is our place." And Magic's like, "I just want to go." This <laughs> <laughs> is like Destiny Three Kitty Edition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like she was backed completely against the cage. She was she's a big cat, but she was squished nice and tiny, trying to just disappear yeah damn so finally got them 
uh, cleaned, and then the other thing that didn't help out was Mystique. Whenever, since Magic pissed on herself, she now smells like a sick cat, and Mystique is very territorial and was starting to beat the crap out of Magic. So I beat the crap out of Mystique. <laughs> <laughs> Not animal abuse, but like bad at her. And then I remember the one thing that really stood out is, is at one point you guys told us, like, if we need to, we can live at your apartment and you'll go live with your parents. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was absolutely, I was like, just make it home, dude. Like, uh, I, I was just trying to imagine what the shelter was like inside, and I just imagined a lot of cots spread out. I was like, how in dude. the hell? Like, no. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because he's so quiet. Th- that's what really struck us as, like, crazy of what the hell's in the water in Orland. <laughs> guys you guys are, were way too nice so that kind of happened and then my parents got glued in front of the tv which i thought was a mistake mm. and they were watching every single update they were on their phones all the time trying to find where the fire is going what it ha- what has burned what hasn't burned and keep in mind not all of the mediums are updating yeah. at a regular time so they're going up and down freaking out and getting relief then freaking out again whether or not the house is still there we got the update that the house across the street burned so then they're all freaking out that our house is going to go next and it has to go next because it's only across the street and then at one point you sent me the youtube video of the first man back in paradise yeah right? yeah some dude snuck in that morning or was it, or, the, it no it was, was uh, the next day Well, the next day, but what it was, was uh, he was trying to evacuate and the fire overtook him because he was in one of the back roads. So he bailed out of his car, ran into the river and stayed in the river as the fire went overhead. I didn't hear about it. That was the video that you sent. Yeah, yeah, that was some raw footage that dude had. Yeah, so when he got back in Paris, it was after the fire moved past where he was, and he went back to where... He had left his car because it broke down, and the video showed uh, people that had burned alive in their cars. Oh, that it one guy the, that sounded pretty disoriented and a little yeah, crazy, yeah. right? Yeah, and everyone kind of gave him crap about it, yeah, but I, I I can see both sides, but it also was not someone who just snuck in and took videos of it. It was no, a guy yeah. who, everyone who had died in that area he, was familiar with him or someone that he personally knew and so he was he was recording his experience at that moment like this is what i'm seeing because like that was his place he's a neighborhood boy like people knew him yeah Yeah. and for me i didn't know who the hell he was because he was more in the back areas of paradise but i remember looking at it and thinking when noel sent me this video and said like it is graphic and it is this and that and I, i thought to myself like i still haven't had this sunk or sink in yet it still doesn't feel real, and for my mental health, this is something I probably should take a look at just to really solidify that this is happening. This is the severity of it. So I watched it from beginning to end, and I would say, as morbid as it is, seeing the dead people did really solidify it to me. So I had no kind of like fantasies over like this is all a bad dream. Like it made it very real, very quick, and helped me just come to terms with this is what is happening. Again, sounds morbid, but compared to everybody else I know who has gone through it, I've had like zero PTSD. I mean, a, a, lot, a lot of things that you had, uh, that you were probably hearing, I mean, it was just a lot of speculation. Hey, I heard this, I heard that. And so I imagine this video was the first time you saw something that, like, this is what it is. It yeah. was my first time seeing that this is what it is. Yeah. This is what is happening. This is the severity of yeah. it. So it really got it, took a lot of the guesswork or the uncertainty out of it for me, which I've noted, at least with some of my family members, is where they start getting the anxiety, the depression, the PTSD, yeah. is when they go up and down on the roller coaster of it's this bad. Is this it's this good? Going, just going back and forth, like is the house there? Is it gone? Is it there? Is it gone? 
my mindset was everything is gone. And then when I saw that video, it was everything is gone and it is this bad. Yeah. So it made it very real and I was able to cope with that. Yeah. And this is only like on day two yeah, <laughs> at yeah. like 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So after that, we, you guys, uh, or so Noelle's family and extended family through Caitlin helped set us up with a Caitlin's family. This was her, yeah, it was her side. Yeah, for sure. So they set us up with a a trailer for free just to crash out. So we didn't have to go back to the um, shelter or try to find a place to move into for a while. And then after a while, um, my parents got their own trailer and we went back to Chico and people were just ridiculously kind helping us out. Um, The biggest surprise for me was how quickly Orland and Glen County as a whole got a whole bunch of funds and stuff together to have the shelters or have the uh, just shops up of grab whatever you need. So I actually got to change a pair of clothes, like a leather jacket that was two sizes too big, but I was like, this is cool looking. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I remember actually, and shout out to ActiveFit, I talked to them like, hey guys, my buddy, uh, this happened, he goes... Can he come here and work out, you know, train for free just because let some steam off? And they're like, yeah, of course. Like, why are you asking? And that was actually the biggest help for me in the middle of all of this was Noelle saying, like, hey, let's go get a workout, get some of that iron therapy going. Yeah. yeah. And that would help me just take my mind off things for a little bit. And I also remember messaging my mentor over at PV about, hey, are we going to be still working like are the athletes going to be working on the schedule that they were at which i think then was like a tuesday thursday schedule in the afternoon after the fire was more contained it wasn't so crazy all over the place mm-hmm. but it was still smoky i remember asking him like are we still doing this or is it uh you can't because of the weather he goes we can't i'll let you know when we can if you need anything let me know and i remember telling him at one point like i just need to know as soon as possible when i can get back to this so i can have something to do again yeah. The other thing was my former employers at Beyond Fitness sent out a letter or a list of employees that they would recommend for a job at InMotion, which is the bigger gym in Chico. And InMotion, within like a, a day and a half, contacted me. And keep in mind, I also had a connection out at Oroville at Fit Republic, and they were going to contact me to offer me a job. So I had two potential jobs already like within a week being offered to me. But I went with InMotion because the uh, trainer seemed a little bit more experienced. It was a system that was working, and they got to me first, yeah. even though I reached out to Fit Republic first. Plus, the location is kind of nice, right? Yeah. It was nicer location. It had people I could learn from because at Beyond Fitness, it got more to the point where I was trying to help develop the program rather than learning you were what the OG. working one was. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of them. I wasn't the yeah. OG, but it was like I decided to be more beneficial for me to learn from someone rather than go and try to build something else. So you're getting it. So now you a little normalcy starting to ha- set in, right? You got a job now. It was within, I think, two weeks I got a job and I was back at a routine. I even remember thinking like, I don't know if I want to go to back to work yet. Yeah. But then thinking like, no, I need to. Did you get your car the next day? When did you pick up? I know you left your car in Chico, right? The night I think it was like, maybe two days later yeah. or so. Because we also figured like we don't want to go back to Chico, try to get the car and have it be where all the gas is out. I remember, yeah. and go, two days later, I remember the day, yeah, like two days later, the, like sky had that weird, eerie red glow, right? Yeah. Rem- yeah. yeah, it reminds me of, it reminds me of the light temple when, you, you know, it, it's got that... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah it's like it, just, it was eerie. It was weird, and it was, I was like, just run, run in and out. Yeah, real, or, run in and out real quick, right? Or for me, it was really weird as we were driving back. It was like zombie weather because yeah. yeah. the smoke was there. You yeah. couldn't see shit. 
got my car, got out, and Orland was still kind of pretty open, clear, so it was really yeah. weird. It was like, or uh, the mist, Stephen King, where it's like a wall where you just go into it, and it's like a whole other world. Yeah. Then I remember I got my paychecks from Beyond Fitness, so I went back into Chico to deposit all of them, and I remember I'm at, on Chico State's campus, walking around, and no one. Yeah. It's dead quiet, and I remember thinking how eerie this is. Yeah. I'm yeah. um, in my... Uh, Semi clothes that have been given to me. Like Joe gave me a whole wardrobe. I picked up a bunch yeah, of. You look, you're looking fresh. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I was looking pretty damn good. One thing Joe's got, he's got style. He's got, <laughs> Joe has your back, bro. Right? That's why my girlfriend said that anytime I go shopping for new clothes, I have to take Joe. Yeah, that's what's up. But I'm, so I'm looking pretty good. I'm on my longboard again because it's like I need to just move around. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the middle of Chico State going, this is eerie yeah. and odd because it's dead quiet. The only time it's. That quiet is at night when everyone's gone, so there's no college students or parties or mm-hmm. drunk people around. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking it's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's dead. Yeah. I don't see a single person. And that's odd because Chico is never dead, especially around campus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was the big, like, this is just weird now. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, after that, I just kept going to work, kept trying to get back to something normal. And it's... I mean, how, how so now we're we're now we're a year later. How how is everything? I mean, you guys went back and everything. We we moved back. So the house stayed up. Yeah, the house survived. Yeah. And as we understand, the reason why it survived was um, my parents and when my brother was still in the area worked a lot to make sure that house was fire safe and everything was clean. Yeah, and gutters. One, done. one thing that uh, kind of got me off guard and I learned very quickly, you know, being with you guys more was. When you live up in the mountains, your maintenance, it's like a, it's a whole other way of living up there. You actually have to keep up with the maintenance yes. on the outside, right? It, yeah. it, it, can, it can catch up to you very quickly. Yeah. Right now, our house would probably burn right with yeah. how it is because of we just haven't been able to work on it and health reasons and just personnel not being there. Yeah. So them maintaining the house helped. But the other thing is we live on what used to be Paradise Pines Golf Course. And when that golf course went under, they stopped doing all maintenance on the course. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of grass. That, yeah. It also, we're going through a drought, so it's a lot of dead grass. Dead, dry, tall grass. My parents and my brother, my brother actually had a lot more fun doing it, would get on to their uh, tractor or lawnmower and just 100 feet out to the side, 100 feet behind us. We did our neighbors too because she's a, a widow and she's elderly. So they're like, yeah, we'll just mow all this down. That. They, uh, the report was that mowing all the grass out because it was maybe like an inch tall versus two feet tall uh, maintaining the uh, premise with all the yard work and thirdly the firefighters used that as a staging point because they looked at it like they can save this house it's not that terrible and or hard to save the trees aren't hanging over to where it's a fire risk so they defended the house left when the fire shifted and then when it came back it, you will learn that firefighters take it personal if they save a building and then the fire comes back to it. So they fight extra hard to make sure that it doesn't burn. Oh, that's cool. So that was cool. The other neat thing was they, we would not have been mad if they broke down the fences and did everything, whatever it was necessary to save yeah, it. But they, didn't. but they didn't. They like very carefully took my mom's little seasonal thing that she puts up and has all these little 
seasonal like little pumpkins, decorations, chickens, and decorations. Yeah. They very carefully moved it into a safer spot without nice. knocking anything over. Nice. They yeah. opened the gates without. They had like one bend to one bar. My dad said it was not even that bad of a Dude, bend. Big shout out to the firefighter guy. Yeah, yeah all they, the firefighters out there, are freaking awesome. They did a great job yeah. making, and it was like that was above and beyond. Like we did not care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only thing that really sucked after the fire was worrying about we can't go back or we can't live there yet but looters are everywhere prevalent and yeah. my mom started freaking out immediately after the fire when she realized that she forgot the kinchilla records and for those who may be wondering what that is it's uh, the genealogy of my mom's side of the family dating back to i think the 1700s maybe earlier so it's this old ass book yeah it's the only one of its kind it is the complete documentation. It goes centuries back up to her. Yeah. And she left at the house. So she was freaking out over. She was not ready. She's not worthy to be in charge of all these heirlooms that my grandfather had. And it was... Uh, that's cool, though. The house was still up. How did it feel, though? I mean, like, I know some uh, the head football coach for Paradise, he felt guilt because his house made it. I mean, did you feel anything like that? So, some people may have. I told anyone when they asked me, it was, fuck no. My parents worked their asses off when there was no risk of fire to make yeah. sure the house was safe. Maintained, yeah. So, it was... They earned it. They earned it. They worked really hard. They worked really hard not only to keep their house safe, but our neighbor's house yeah. safe. So, if it went up, that would have sucked. But because they put in all that work, it helped protect the house and save the house. So, to me, it's why would you be feeling guilty that you put the work in that that's what happens uh, so if you now obviously this is not a blanket 100 percent true statement but if you put in the work you and you reap the benefits yeah why be regretful that others didn't yeah, well, well now well now let, let's go where you so it's a year later freaking blue skies outside and everything yeah, that was the weirdest part honestly because yeah. the first thing that happened was i woke up and remembered exactly where i was the prior year yeah and I woke up around 6.30, and I remember thinking, like, right about now, I was starting to worry about what am I going to do. As I'm walking around, the skies are blue, and it's not even windy. I was thinking just how weird it is of what it was a year ago. And, oh, the other little holy shit moment I'll point out is my neighbor apparently overslept. Or the elderly lady. The elderly lady. People went by her house to make sure she was okay, tried to evacuate her. We thought that she was evacuated because everyone that was at her house. Uh, no, she stayed. She stayed the entire time. Damn. When she crazy. woke up, she looked up through her windows and saw that, oh, that's an odd color for the sky to be. It is bright orange. <laughs> she walks outside and is like, oh, where is everyone? And then it starts raining embers. It's like, oh, I guess there's a fire. <laughs> walks, and it's a dozen drive, walks up to the intersection and there's like five other people that didn't evacuate so when there were the news report happened of the people that were held up in Rite Aid in Megalia because they couldn't get out or they didn't get out she was one of them Dang. oh shit oh and then I guess the other one was about a week later we found out that my kind of like adoptive aunt she wasn't related by blood but she was we still called her auntie yeah uh, she didn't get out oh. and her house did burn we're we guess that it was one of those things where she looked at it and decided that her time has come because history with the house, that's where her husband used to live. She's just connected to that. And I, we're guessing, because her health was failing, that she just looked at it and went, it's my time, and went back to sleep. Oh, my God, wow. dude. Wow, that's, that's so that crazy. sucked. Yeah. Because I, I was the one that had to call my brother to tell him that. Yeah, man. 
Well, I mean, how how's everything now? Like now, I mean, we're a year later. How's everything? I mean, you, it is I mean, slowly coming back. It is still eerie to look at to a point because the other thing with where my house is, you look at it and for the most part, you would find it hard to believe that there was a fire. Yeah. Because, you know, when a bunch of shit burns, it makes it more uh, fertile for the ground. So the plants that come back have more nutrients. So it's green. It's growing. It's looking a little bit more alive. And some and a lot of the trees that have burned have been taken out. Gotcha. So that that's the biggest weird part now. Aside from looking around, like all these monuments I grew up with or knew are gone, and knowing that some of these areas I used to go to in Paradise have been blocked off of don't go here. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, how, how about uh, like all these reminders you're getting of it? How, your, what's your personal belief on that? I mean, like you got the Netflix documentary that came yeah, out. Fire so, in Paradise. Like I I can see why that stuff happens and why people want to watch it or look at it. I lived through it. I didn't even get the worst bit of it. My mom didn't even get the worst bit and she went through hell. I don't see the need right now for me to look back and rewatch and relive or see what other people went through when I went through it. Right. So while everyone else is kind of watching this documentary, crying and other things, it's, it's neither here nor there for me. I went through it and, I still live up there, and I still talk to people about it when they ask me about it. I don't really need to uh, watch it. Uh. Yeah, well, personally, I I did watch it because, I mean, anything that comes on Netflix is pretty much a cash cow. There's a 25, maybe 30-minute documentary about some dude that joined ISIS from America. I'm like, that was an absolute cash grab. So I watched it out of curiosity. And the nice thing about it is that, like, they didn't implement so much, uh, like... Well, I wouldn't say climate change and propaganda, but they let the victims of the fires actually say their piece. That was actually the only thing that ever pissed me off about the fire, like seriously pissed me off, was someone at Chico State decided to be a good idea to, was it 87 people died in the fire? Mm-hmm. They put 87 gravestones with shoes next to them and had a big sign talking about how uh, cli- how mu- how many more people must die before we acknowledge climate change? That's, like that uh, is straight that's bullshit. Fucking yeah. bullshit, man. Th- what actually the reason for the fire, at least to my understanding, for what I've been told from a- multiple sources, the transformer malfunctioned, but there was also potential that someone shot it. Then on top of that, the area surrounding it was just littered with all of this brush that should have been cleaned out. We did not maintain the forest. Yeah. Because environmentalists didn't want it to be, want to let it grow and be natural. Yeah. Well, when you do that, you have the tendency to have a whole lot more fuel. The fire still would have been moving and probably still burned paradise, but in terms of what really attributed to its... Magnitude? Like, the magnitude and the speed was probably there was that much stuff that could burn, and then the wind just took it all up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not the whys is not even, like, the big part of it. It's just... Don't talk... Using using that, such such a major event... To stir your political views, I think that's that, that was the biggest bullshit. bullshit. Like, if you want to talk about climate change, okay, but don't use that. Yeah, I mean that, that's something that should be off limits for how many more people must die for climate change, or you point at Trump or pointed at Gavin Newsom, whoever. That that should be off limits. Yeah, that is something you don't make political. Yeah, but you know how people are. Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. Well, it's yeah. here we are a year later, man. It sounds like a. Sounds like things are finally coming back together for you, huh? Things are still, or yeah, it's still an uphill battle because of how my job was at Beyond Fitness. It made so I could fund a lot of my trips that I was doing to look for grad schools and everything else. The job I have now is a lot harder to make that same amount of money. Yeah. 
So it's still an uphill battle, but it I could be much worse off. Uh, well, man, it could have been so much worse. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people didn't realize that you had gone through all that, you know? So it's kind of yeah, open I, to I, it a little bit. I mean, even, even you've told me how it was, but you kind of taking your time and really explain details of all the little things I didn't know, you know? So... I don't know. A lot of it, I think compared to others, I've been some, one of the quieter ones about it because I know my parents talk about it here and there. They don't like to, but they do. I mean, then there's the whole other side of the story that no one really listens to or yeah. may not even tell of those who were from Paradise that for whatever reason they were not at Paradise. Yeah. yeah. My brother has been going through his own version of sorrow and trying to come to terms with what happened he enlisted in the army so he was i believe getting ready to go to south korea yes. at that time or yeah he was getting ready to i don't think he was actually there but he was getting ready to and he was in a blackout situation because they sent him down to or socal for um, training yeah. so he got no update didn't even know about it when he came out of the blackout we were already in the trailer and everything else the first thing he told my mom when we called him was don't fuck with me. How bad is it? Yeah. Just tell me how it is. So Damn. he's been dealing with his own issues about he wasn't there for us or for Paradise. He didn't experience all of it, but he is very much so still well, really connected to it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So th- there's that whole other side that people don't always talk about or know of are the ones who still are from Paradise, still very, very connected to it, to an emotional, mental level that they weren't there for for their loved ones that went through it yeah. they could not be there yeah i mean i mean when we talk fitness and anything like that you know yeah there's physical fitness there's how you eat and everything but a big area a lot of people neglect is kind of mental health you know just mm-hmm. being you know i mean this is something that would would have you know should put a lot of people you know through depression or something mm-hmm. you know i mean did you feel anything like that or how have you been i've been honestly not that bad yeah uh, I, yeah, I get more reflective on it and like I said I think going when I went through it having those moments where I really hounded it to myself that this is happening this is the facts of what is going on that I have to at this point helped save me from getting depressed over it because yeah. uh, I was able to limit how much the emotional spikes uh, roller coaster affected I was able to just keep it more matter factual in my mind the emotions came in later but it and I, I may still be building up for an eventual mental breakdown and just have to cry it out at one point because I have yet to cry about it or have a huge emotional outburst about it. And a lot of that for me was just it's not the time to do it. Yeah. yeah. My family's struggling with trying to not get depressed. Uh, my brother is a whole nother issue that we need to try to figure out how to handle in the moment. Yeah of letting him know this without having him get distracted as he has his duties on base. Family, ending up that uh, certain family members have died, uh, parents going through a whole lot. It was just like, this is not the time for me to have a mental breakdown. Yeah. This is time for me to be help keep them in one spot and keep them mentally sound. Try to be your family's peace, basically, right? Yeah, and that's all I did. It, it was hard, but... Having a little bit of whiskey helps out. Yeah. <laughs> and fun, and having uh, family nights where... Yeah. You're in a trailer, life sucks, but let's play a stupid card game with loved ones. Yeah, that, yeah, that helped yeah, out a lot. Sure. Yeah. yeah, well, it's dope to have you here, man. I mean, obviously, you and Ola are close. I got to meet you, and mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like you became a pretty good friend of mine, so. That was actually the big thing was when we went to Orland, getting to meet Noel and actually then getting more 
inter um, interacting more with Noelle's family, Noelle, uh, Caitlin and her family and their friends, and, and meeting you was like, uh, we pretty much got adopted by Orland. Yeah. <laughs> we got you, fam. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, well, with that, we're going to, you know, this is time to wrap it up, man. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, just a quick reminder, everyone, make sure to give us each a follow. If you want to reach out, say what's up, ask any sort of questions. Uh, just a reminder, my Instagram handle is at Noel underscore cast iron fit. <laughs> Mine is knack attack fit. Nothing special, just knack attack fit. Mine is at Creamy Torta. <laughs> <laughs>